Well, many of you, as we said earlier, many of you already are aware of the news that uh, the remains of Zachary Bamel are uh, either in Israel or other effects of his are on the way to Israel with the prime minister at this point from Russia. And the funeral is going to be taking place um, at 7 p.m. Israel time on her on Har Herzl, Mount Herzl in Jerusalem. Um, uh, the person who to us has been uh, at the side of the Baumel family for decades fighting this battle for Zach's release has been Dr. Stuart Ditchick, who, of course, many of you know from Kids of Courage and many of you know is one of the world's best pediatricians. Uh, but because he was a um, classmate of Zach's when they lived in the United States in Brooklyn, uh, he took it upon himself years and years and years ago to uh, stand by uh, Yono Baumel and Mrs. Baumel to... Um, to fight for Zach's release and to get as much information as possible. Dr. Stuart Ditchick is with us live via telephone. Dr. Ditchick, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning, Malcolm. Yesterday must have been a very interesting day for you. Uh, you stood by Yona Baumol for decades as he was convinced that uh, Zach was still alive. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us did. It wasn't only me. The, you know, there's, there's many, many tens, if not hundreds of people who stood with the family for years uh, you know, we battled many obstacles. I haven't been closely involved for several years now, but uh, we battled governments, we battled terrorists, we battled uh, uh, sometimes members of our own community that were opposed to making a big noise about this case. And uh, Yona Bamel was right for many years, which was that it was critical that not only Zach's case, but the case of all the missing soldiers not be ignored for political reasons now or in the future, because those boys are the reason we all have the freedoms we have today to travel to Eretz Yisrael, to live in Eretz Yisrael, and quite frankly, to live as free Jews in America. Yeah, the fact that he was an American citizen, you always thought would help, right? You always thought Zach being a U.S. citizen would, would, would aid the process when it came to him as opposed to some of the others. Yes, you know, we believe that, and I think all the families believe that because, quite frankly, family members of the missing soldiers would turn any corner to, to recover their children. Uh, and I think all of the families recognized early on that Zach being a U.S. citizen and having parents who were very vocal and, and eloquent uh, could be parlayed to get information because the power of the U.S. government is still the greatest power in the world. Uh, and we, we benefited from that over the years because we filed lawsuits here in the United States. We utilized uh, political figures who we thought would be helpful. Some were and some weren't. Uh, that book has yet to be written. But uh, trust me when I say what you read in the newspapers, including on a morning like this morning, it's not always what it appears to be. Uh, things take place behind the scenes that nobody knows about. And quite frankly, that we don't need to know about as long as the results are positive. Over the last 37 years, unfortunately, this took 37 years too long to resolve for the Baumel family. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, Zach's dad passed away in 2009. Uh, on paper, he passed away of heart disease. Uh, in reality, he passed away from a broken heart because he wasn't able to live and, and uh, uh, see resolution of Zach's case. Miriam, who I haven't been in touch with recently, but I was... Uh, obviously in contact with some of our uh, confidants who we've worked with for years yesterday. Obviously, uh, she's been uh, suffered terribly over the last 37 years. She's one of the most eloquent people I've ever come across, and uh, she's an amazing human being. So I'm grateful 
to Hashem that Miriam can see this to the end, that she can have closure and resolution. Uh, I, I, I think resolution is a bad word because she lost a son uh, yesterday. And uh, I think we all have to recognize that, that there's a grieving family right now. Uh, and although there's a lot of victory laps being taken politically, uh, in the real world, the Baumels lost a brother and uh, uh, Miriam lost a son yesterday. Dr. Stuart Ditchick is with us live via telephone. The um, uh, the two figures who I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You'll tell me if I'm right or wrong. The two figures that you always thought through this entire process would be the most helpful if they could be reached and convinced to help uh, were Arafat and Assad, meaning the current Assad's father. Would that be accurate that those were the two you focused on during that time? In the early years, yes. I mean, from the time I was involved. Uh, however, I have to tell you, and, and this is really amazing because, you know, I was, I, I'm a pediatrician from Brooklyn. I'm not, a, I'm not an intelligence analyst, and I'm certainly not a negotiator, uh, but Yona Baumel was a very good mentor and teacher to me. Uh, and Yona uh, always said, uh, at least in the later years that he was alive, that the key to the release of these boys is Russia. And the reason he said that, and, every, and I've written about it, I've spoken publicly about it uh, years ago, is because the Russians had influence over Assad more than any other government in the world. And quite frankly, Assad would not be sitting in Damascus today if it were not for the support of Vladimir Putin. Uh, so uh, Mr. Baumel always felt that outreach to the Russians should be imperative. And we've been making those outreaches over the last few years, uh, I don't know if those outreach uh, had anything to do with the current release, uh, but I can tell you that the Russians have been in the equation for years. Uh, the reason Yasser Arafat was part of the key is because uh, during the Oslo negotiations, he actually handed over uh, Zach's dog tags uh, to the negotiators. They ended up back in Miriam Baumel's hands, thank God, years ago. Uh, and Arafat actually said to the negotiators and to Rabin at the time, that, uh, you know, he'll let him know what happened to this soldier as soon as he gets everything he wants out of the Israelis. So Yasser Arafat knew about uh, Zach. How he got those dog tags is the subject of much controversy. Uh, remember that the PFLP, uh, the Palestinian Front for the Liberation of Palestine, Ahmed Jabril's group, uh, were involved in Zach's capture uh, and or his killing. We don't know yet. We know that the Syrians were involved because there was a tank uh, that was paraded through the streets of Damascus with soldiers on that tank. The Israeli uh, com intelligence community denied the existence of those soldiers on that tank for years. Uh, we now know through lawsuits that took place in England recently, through uh, my, my very close friend, Dr. Uh, Reverend Robert Carroll, that the British intelligence services were aware of that tank and those soldiers for years. Uh, I actually took a an affidavit from Dean Brellis, a former Associated Press reporter, who reported seeing the tank in very good detail before he died. Uh, he was a witness to that on the roof of the British Embassy uh, uh, the day after the capture. Uh, and we now know that the British intelligence destroyed many of those files, uh, and under testimony recently, uh, it was discussed by retired individuals that those files were actually destroyed because the British wanted to preserve uh, relationships with the government of Syria. So there are many governments involved in covering up what happened to Zach and the boys. 
but at the end of the day, it was the Russians, and, and Yona Baumel knew this years ago, that the Russians were the key to this. And I have to tell you, this is, it's Yad Hashem, but it's also uh, Yona's influence over this case. Uh, he has said for years, and, and I shared with you confidentially this morning an email that I had sent to Rabbi Lazar. I never discussed that email with another human being in this world other than one of my sons uh, and my wife. Uh, I had reached out to Rabbi Lazar two and a half years ago, who's the chief rabbi of Russia, uh, once again, and I went back at him and said, Rabbi, you have had a discussion with him by phone. He was here during the Shlichus conference uh, two years ago. And I said, you have influence with uh, President Putin. Uh, I know Rabbi Lazar for many years. I, I did a favor for his family many years ago that, that I'm, I'm not at, at liberty to discuss it from, from a medical nature. And I said, I'm calling in a chip. You need to sit down with Putin. Uh, he didn't commit to doing anything, but if I know Rabbi Lazar, he did have that discussion with Putin. I'm not saying that that had anything to do with the release. I don't know that it did by any stretch of the imagination, because many people were asked to reach out to Putin over the years. Yeah, but it just reconfirms what you and Yona Baumol knew all that time, and that was that uh, the Russia was the key to the whole thing. Uh, and it also, I mean, what happened yesterday, I think, really shows us all um, <laughs> who, who, who's the boss in, the, in, the, in that area of the world, that's number one, and the uh, relationship that Russia and Syria have. Uh, and the um, and the desired relationship that some of these countries want to have with Israel, uh, if Israel was not in the position of strength that it's in right now, I don't think this ever would have happened yesterday. Absolutely, I think uh, the the world needs Israel now more than ever uh, with uh, ISIS and uh, the influence of certainly of all the other countries in the Middle East. Uh, the world needs Israel now, and I think that was made clear very yesterday. When you have a meeting uh, this morning, as we've seen uh, in the news reports between uh, Putin and Netanyahu uh, discussing the repatriation of Zak, uh, I think that says a lot for what the world, uh, what Israel means to the world. Uh, I just want to add one thing, Nahum, if it's okay, that sure. you know we're all celebrating uh, the, the Baumel family. Obviously, it's not a celebration; it's it's a uh, it's a continuum, but there's still families out there whose kids are missing, uh, Israeli soldiers. And one of the great tragedies that happened yesterday, from my perspective, is that the Katz and the Feldman family, who were missing during the same battle as uh, Zach went missing, still don't have closure on their children. Uh, and so as much as we're uh, thrilled that we have Zach back and he is for Israel now, he can be buried properly uh, where he belongs uh, there's still other families out there, specifically the Katzes and the Feldmans right now, uh, who, whose boys are not accounted for. So there shouldn't be victory laps today. There should be uh, re-energizing re of the efforts to get their bodies back as well and to make sure those families get closure. No question about it. Um, you, were, you were with Zach in school till about what age? Zach moved to Israel around 1970. Uh, we went to Eitz Zach was three months older than me. I'm 58 years old. Uh, so we were about nine years old, when, nine to ten, when we last saw each other. And it was that, uh, and it was, and it was that relationship that, from, from being nine years old that spurred you to get involved in the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zach was the king of rock candy, uh, <laughs> which I, my parents never allowed in the house. <laughs> Oddly enough, Zach was a he lot was, He was the guy me. to know, huh? He was the guy to know. <laughs> so 
So every Shabbos afternoon that we got together, he managed to, you know, find me some rock candy on a string in his house. So it was good motivation for me to be with him. Uh, but Zach and I were were friends, as were so many others. The Isser Fruchter, who I was in touch with yesterday, is an, another classmate from Eitzchayim. He's been very active over the years and very vocal. Uh, there's so many of us who, who, you know, who knew Zach early on and somehow managed to find their way back to him. But it took too long for us to find our way back to him. Yeah. Dr. Dietrich, I thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachum. Take care. Our uh, condolences, of course, to uh, Miriam Baumol and the entire family, but the significance, as Dr. Dietrich helped us, helped us describe just moments ago, of this event taking place, actually taking place, and the fact that uh, Russia's, uh, Russia has a desire to do this for Israel and to uh, step in in this situation is pretty remarkable.